2: Jokic behind his back. What a tastes like, Jokic? Your sinner. Wow.
1: Uh, as long as their fans don't get disappointed, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans come in here, the Celtics fans come in here, the Laker fans come in here. Take that L on the way
3: out. Jokic.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. We finally, we finally came, uh, came to a decision on the name. It is gonna. We're going. We were going exactly back to where we where we started with the Pickaxe Podcast. That is the name of the show. Uh, moving forward, R.I.P pickaxe pundits uh with me of course as always is gordon gross i am zach nikosh we are denver stiffs and we are uh back into the flow of things that we like to normally do here on the pickaxe which is have uh, a couple of guests from our denver Stiffs staff and so who better uh then then the person who did the first ever episode uh at least the one th- uh, that i was hosting the with me and gordon and that was mr daniel lewis dan what's going on not a lot
3: just taking it easy out here in virginia
1: the uh another redskins loss right uh to the giants no less who are they i was <laughs> that's right that's right to go along with 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 a broncos loss which uh uh gordon did you watch the broncos game
0: um do people still watch broncos games like uh, who
1: yeah right who's that with the first pick in the nfl draft yeah <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking that but i mean the dolphins are so terrible that uh i'm pretty sure Yo,
0: look man the broncos aren't good enough to like be bad enough to win the draft that's
1: not going to happen Right, exactly. They'll get like the fourth pick and take another defensive end. Yep, uh, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Um, and so we're gonna do we're gonna do some over unders, uh, again this week to end the show. But I'm gonna start with one or, or sort of like a I guess a, a bet, uh, with you guys first. Um, who wins a regular season game first, the Denver Nuggets or the Denver Broncos?
0: I'm gonna go with the Nuggets.
1: The Denver Nuggets, so that would mean I think so that means the Broncos have like three more games that they're going to have to lose, um, in in a row. I know they got Kansas City, and uh, I don't know. I this this is a Nuggets podcast. Are they, uh, well, they play not the,
0: the Chargers, players. what, like the Titans and the Chiefs, I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
1: there you go. They're they're at the Chargers and then uh, home against the Titans and then home against yeah, the, gonna, I mean, the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, but the Chiefs are going to mop the floor with them and the Chargers should beat them. So Yeah, especially at San Diego.
1: So it's basically, can they beat the Titans Can they home? beat the Titans is basically yeah. where you're at, yeah. <laughs> Which, if they can't beat it's the so Jaguars, sad, they can't like, beat the Bears. I grew
0: up as a Broncos fan. Like, it's... <laughs> how the mighty have fallen is a very, very serious thing. But like, they don't look like they have any idea what's going on, which well, is they uh, have, nice, nice to be saying that about them and not the, not the nuggets right
1: now. I right. gotta say. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is that that's just hard is like they, they, they've actually had, I mean, the bears game and the this Jaguars game so eerily similar and uh, they had their chances. They, they had, they, they had, had it yeah. right there at the end and uh, couldn't get it done. So, um, Tough one, Dan. Dan, I didn't get to hear your your thoughts if they were going to be who was going to win a regular season game first.
3: Um, I mean, I I think the Nuggets, but yes, <laughs> I don't think it's
1: that comfortable sure of a take. The Broncos are terrible. They are, man. I, I we, we'll move on to the Nuggets here quickly. Uh, but it's since we're recording this right after the Broncos. I just want to say, man, like I, uh, it's tough. It's tough to probably find five wins on the schedule. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be for hard Denver at this point. Yep. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> it looks like four and twelve is what they're aiming for. Really, gonna be right,
1: exactly. Gonna be a rough, rough season uh, for for our good friends down over there at whatever it's called now, Field, um, Mile High Field. Uh, Which good news then for the Denver sports fan, the Denver Nuggets media day is today because that's when we're releasing this podcast recording Sunday night, releasing Monday morning. It is the official beginning of the Denver Nuggets season. So we are going to break it down. uh, Talk about some, some big kind of the headliners, at least that I think there are so far uh, we know about, about, you know, this, this year and this, this media day. So I want to talk about the G League team um, and I want to talk about expectations for the team as a whole now coming in after finally getting over that hump getting into the playoffs taking that next step last year so what is the expectation this year uh then we'll break down some of some of the bigger names uh here on media day and and what we might expect to hear from them in and, and the conversation around them and then well, like i said we're going to end with some some more over unders and uh we'll see if we'll see if these guys how good they are uh we'll we'll recap again next week see how good these guys are at picking some kind of media day uh related questions so without further ado let's let's dive right in and i want to start with Matt uh Matt Moore of what action network uh locked on nuggets i guess 1043 now there insider as well he's yes. Matt's <laughs> a man of man of many talents um he reported though that the basically the Denver Nuggets um are not planning on having a G League team this year, obviously, and but not also the the, uh, the kind of the more uh, interesting news is also not next year, but maybe not until twenty twenty one is when the Nuggets would actually have uh, a G League team. Dan, I'll go to you first, man. I, I guess how do you explain it? Matt kind of said that the the pressure is going to be have to be put on them as as the last adopter uh, of a G League team. Is is it just basically? um I mean, is it just does it just come down to money? Do you think? Well, um, I can
3: give you my answer here, but I can also encourage you, readers, to go to Denver Stiffs and check out the latest edition of our Twenty Questions, uh, you know, before the season series, which I wrote today, and it is about the G League team. So, if you want a more thorough explanation of what I'm about to say, you can go there and check it out. Now, there's a plug for us, um, there you go. <laughs> but I. I I, I want to just point out that the Washington Wizards and the New Orleans Pelicans, they announced that they will be having a G League team this year. So that means there are 28 right. teams that have representation in the G League. Um, the only one that does not, besides the Nuggets, is the Portland Trailblazers. And even that has an asterisk because they used to have an affiliation with a G League team, the Idaho Stampede. though so they withdrew that. And in the words of their general manager, they believed that they could do a better job training their young players at their practice facility. Now, I point out... Their
0: multi-million dollar practice facility. And I want to point out right right now
3: as well, but the Nuggets have neither a G League team of their own or a practice facility of their own. Exactly. So, Matt Moore's report said that they are thinking that they will probably have an announcement of something in 2021, which sounds a lot like my parents telling me I was going to be able to have a dog when I was 12 years old. So you know when the conkis are using the same kind of language that parents use for children talking about getting a pet, it doesn't make me feel too optimistic about the about the Nuggets right. getting a G League team anytime in the next two, three, four years. Right. You would you would hope that they would have something more concrete, you know, like, yes, we are planning on announcing it in the twenty twenty season, but apparently it's something that Owners like Ted Lee and, Isis and uh, James Dolan, who both you know, owners of NBA teams who are not very successful, feel like, hey, we should invest in this and the nuggets. Like, yeah, you know what? We're good. So right. there, there there has to be a pressure from people at some way. Look, they they've done a great job of building a great team culture. They pay their front office staff, they play their players, they pay veterans. You know, free agents like Paul Millsap yeah, to come back. They take care of guys. They take care. They've been saying like, yeah, we're gonna take care of our guys. I'm sure that they are paying their front office well, so that they don't go to the Washington Wizards, um, so they don't have a repeat of Masai Ujiri. But at some point, you know, if you can't do things halfway, You'd be like, you got to be like, okay, you know what? Now that we're right. we're investing in the players, we're investing in the coaches. Maybe it's time to upgrade and say, hey, you know what? We're also going to invest in a practice facility so that all of our players can use the weight room at the same time instead of having to fight right, over right. one of the so, five treadmills. And so so he, we can you know,
1: run training camp here yeah. in, in, in Denver instead of going down to Colorado Springs. Or to Creighton. Um,
3: Creighton right. University has a better
1: basketball training facility sure. than the
3: Denver Nuggets. So
1: right. Well, right. The, the U.S. Olympic team. I mean, this these are um, – it's right. not like – it's not like the Nuggets are going to some massive... They could have gone to Paul Millsap's uh, personal facility. And that Paul Millsap's
0: been... personal gym in Atlanta is better, yes.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the, um, that's the kind of thing. And, you know, I'm with you, Dan, on the the idea that, like, okay, so they said probably something in 2021 not really giving me a ton of hope because I feel like we've been given that story every single year at Media Day for, like, the last two or three seasons uh, in a row. where right. I was like, yeah, well, not this year, and, you know, we're looking for maybe something next year or, you know definitely the year after that and it, it's it just seems to be like that they they're going to just kick that can um down the road and and i agree with you that i think it has to be uh, there's got to be some sort of give and take there so like you said if, i mean you can't sit here and have one of the worst uh training facilities in in the nba and then also be one of the few teams who doesn't have a developmental uh team to play. Put your players on as well. It's they're they're doubled down on basically uh, this one issue, and it's really the only issue they have left. Like you like you pointed out, everything else has looked really good for the Nuggets in terms of culture and and, and uh, building this young core. But that this one last part, it just uh, it just doesn't seem that they they seem to value it, and I and I don't necessarily understand why.
0: Well, I will tell you that like when you're looking at the way the Nuggets have operated. I mean, I can understand why they might feel like they don't need it. Monte Morris went to somebody else's team, came back, and was fine. Right, did fine. Like, yeah. you know, um, Jared Vanderbilt went to somebody else's team. Torrey Craig went to somebody else's team in the G League. And all those guys got what they needed down there, came up without our instruction, without our having to pay the, the bill to, you know, uh, fund a team that is going to lose money. Right. You know, they, they went to those other squads. Other teams footed the bill for that, essentially. And the Nuggets prospered. So I, I understand why they don't feel like it's necessary. They've been just fine without it. It's just weird to me that for a team that is this invested in young players and is right. this... Young players that need to be developed. Yeah, that, that, that have skills that are rough, that need the edges like rounded off, that you would think they would want personal instruction. Right. You would think they would that they would not want to leave that up to someone else's coaches on someone else's team to do that. Um, or someone else's training facility, honestly. Like, you know, why have them all go work at all, out at Paul Millsap's gym or their own home gym or whatever when the best facilities that they could possibly get to would be in Denver? But the Nuggets don't seem interested in investing that kind of money. And I I find that interesting considering how many other teams around the league are definitely interested in it. Um, mm-hmm. I do I do feel like the league is going to make them do it, the G League anyway. The league can't make them build practice facilities, but it can certainly make them um, get that G League team. There, but I'm with a, Dan.
3: There's a possibility yeah, in the future as well with the NBA draft that players can skip going to college and yep. sign with the G League team. Oh, yeah. And yep. what are the Nuggets going to do? Like, oh, well, man, we sure hope that uh, we can sign to someone, but we're going to have them play for another t- another organization's team. Like, right. What, do you realize what you're asking other teams to do? <laughs> At some point, these other teams can be like, no. We're not giving your players an opportunity right. to improve. We're yeah, not, gonna, on, we're our not gonna on our dime. On our dime, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. Like instead they're like, oh man, well we'll just we'll just go ask one of the other teams, I guess, or we'll trade them. I don't know, like we'll trade them some future second round pick and wink wink. Hey, take care of our guy this year. Like it's it's asinine. <laughs> just pay the hey Invest in a G League team. Twenty eight other teams do it.
0: Well, and you know where it's going. Like, the whole league has one, so you know that eventually all 30 teams will have one. So why are you holding off? Right. Like, well, I want to save a million bucks this year. Okay. So what happens when you could have been playing bowl ball for your own team, you know, getting him used to your culture, getting him used to, you know, playing uh, on your squad, no one's abusing his time, he's getting to train correctly, all the things that you would think that they would care about. Uh, they're not happening. It's just very strange to me. Um, it's obvious that I just don't care about it. It's just really weird. I don't understand yeah.
1: it. I, and I, I think, Dan, I think you make a great point there. That's probably. Uh, what I see is the end of it before the league just comes in and says, okay, uh, you're going to have to do it. Cause Portland seems to be in the exact same spot as Denver. They don't seem to have any uh, motivation to start up a G league team anytime soon. So as long as, and I think them and the nuggets both understand, as long as the other one doesn't give in, they can always kind of say, well, Portland doesn't do it. And Portland can say, well, Denver's not doing it. And, and that, that kind of gives them some protection. Um, but when it comes to the time and, and the, the CBA will expire and what about like four years? I think it will uh, is when it's up twenty twenty three. At that time, you know, it, there could be some changes regarding the the way you can enter the draft. Right, they already are getting rid of basically the the one and done requirement. Right. Right. So yep. eventually, I, I the way I see this working out is there's going to be some sort of deal where players are going to be able to be drafted at 18 right out of high school. Um, they're just going to be have to spend a year in the G league before they're allowed to play uh, at the NBA. And right. and you're going to still be spending first round picks, potentially even number one overall picks, because you're going to be willing to let that guy develop. But the only way that works is like you said, is every basically if every team has their own G league team to put him on because no team is going to want to develop some other guys, potential star rookie, right? Uh, on their, on their developmental team. So I think when, when it comes to the Nuggets too, the other question is that we've kind of hinted at is like, where where can they put a G League team? We always kind of talk about like, well, where would it make sense? Regional proximity, that types of thing. I tend to wonder where can they put a G League team and actually make a profit? Um, I mean, there's
3: a city to the west of us that doesn't currently have any NBA teams and is a major entertainment
1: hub. Do you think Do you think people in Vegas, though, are going to a G League game? Like, do you think that... that oh, I was talking um, about Carson City. <laughs> right. Um, right.
3: Um,
1: like, maybe I, if the Lakers had a G League team there, I would agree with you. Because there's a ton of people from L.A., uh, obviously, in Vegas all the time. And they're obviously total, like, Lakers uh, fans all over the place. But I don't know if a Nuggets fan uh, or a Nuggets G League team draws the fans in Vegas. Well, the problem is,
0: where does Nuggets G League team draw fans? Like, if you look at G League teams... G League teams don't tend to draw a bunch of fans. That's not the purpose of a G League team. So, like, eventually you hope that it will be like a minor league squad and it pays for itself, essentially.
1: What if I told you I could, I I have a suggestion that both will mimic the altitude uh, in Denver and could turn a profit?
3: I I have one. um,
1: All right, let's hear it. Because maybe uh, you have me and you have the same one.
3: So, well, no, I. So this is something that I don't think anybody's ever suggested, but I want to try to give some explanation behind it and why I think it might be a good idea. And I think we should try to put a G-League team for the Nuggets in the Los Angeles area. And here's why. Because Stan already owns real estate down there, right? So they can already find a place to put it. I like the angle. It doesn't have to be a court. And it gives a place for the Nuggets to host practices during the off-season... With other NBA players, say, so, hey, you can come to this gym. This is also doubles as like a practice facility for pickup games. We know a ton of NBA players are already living in Los Angeles. That keeps them in the conversation and allows them to have access to tamper with free agents. There's my pitch.
1: I, I, I especially the tampering part. No, I that is uh, that is like next level um, thinking for sure. Because like uh,
3: it's
1: each city, could just. A- I was you like, can he,
3: put a 5,000, 10,000 seat arena somewhere and you're going to be able to get fans to go. And you'll,
1: you'll fill it with just that many people. I was like, yeah, Cronk, could just put it like on a corner next to, you know, next to his, his Ram Stadium. He could even just put it in the Ram Stadium. I bet he could figure that out. Uh, save a sure parking lot. cash that way. It's just, or, or just like a rooftop court on one of his condos um, over there. Oh that gosh. would work. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. So that that is that is a, an interesting suggestion, though. I do I do like see the they the benefits. I it almost I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, well, let's be honest. They, they they would never do it there because I, the, the Lakers and the Clippers would uh, pitch a fit, but. Um, the, uh, the, the suggestion I was going to make would be that you you do it in Mexico City, right? Like, that place will, again, also a ton of people. Um, there is no no NBA team, NBA market uh, anywhere close. Right, but there's uh, supposed
0: you... to be a G League squad coming in there.
1: Well, there's only one or two teams left to, like, have one. No, no, so... no, no,
0: they were supposed to do an international squad. I don't know if they're still going to.
1: Well, see, that's um, what I'm saying. So why well, it's just boom—you just do it right like that. You you put the Nuggets G League team uh, in Mexico City. I bet you you can turn a profit there. It's just uh, twenty-five Mexico million C-
3: people live there.
1: Yeah, it's well, yeah. I would say, I mean, it's just the logistics, I guess, of, of being an, of having a, a, a G League team in a foreign country. That, that that's probably the, the hurdle you have to overcome. But um, still, I mean, it, to me, it makes sense.
0: Like I said, man, there's a lot of places that make sense. My problem is is that the Nuggets don't care about any of them. Like, yes. it doesn't It doesn't matter why. I don't care if the Nuggets are going to do it in 2023. Like, well, I'm not worried about it now then. Like, they. I think it's a mistake. And I think that they should definitely um, have invested in a G League team by now. If they didn't already invest in one, they should have a plan to invest in one. The fact that they have not, they do not have a plan, and there's not going to be a plan, that's, you know, that's on them, man. Like, that's... Very much like sitting out free agency, uh, for no reason, or deciding that you would like to trade, um, you know, uh, Dikembe Mutombo because you're worried about cash, like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like you guys can make those this choices. Is... They're just stupid choices.
1: I'm going to uh, I'm going to stop short of comparing this uh, this front office to Bernie Bickersaf's, but uh, I hear what you're saying. Uh... <laughs> go to
3: I mean, go to go to Albuquerque. Go to Lubbock. Go to Santa Fe. Go to Colorado Springs. Right.
1: Go to Omaha. Go to
0: my thing, is, my thing is I'd like to be at altitude, you know? So it should be someplace like Albuquerque. It should be someplace uh, like in Colorado. City. Yeah, Mexico City, which is 9,000 feet. Although the problem you run into in Mexico City is there will be players who cannot play there.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, but because of that, maybe that's, that's all right with you. Like you can't have them playing for you necessarily anyway. Um, right. Sickle cell is a big deal. And um, uh, the problem you may run into is there will be players who cannot travel to your city to play.
1: Yeesh. That could be. Yeah, that, that's an interesting. That's an interesting angle. I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah. but that's like I said. That's kind of like the, the challenges that would have come with having a G League team in a uh, in another country. But we're all right. We're going to move on because we we've spent a lot of time on this, um, which is fine. Move I, on. Think it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a big headline uh, for, that we know is coming up today at Media Day. Next, uh, but the yeah, next thing I think we know that everybody's going to be asking about, everybody's going to be talking about, is you know really what are the expectations? We ask this question every year at the beginning of Media Day. I'll tell you right now. I'm sure Tim Connolly and uh, Michael Malone will say they're are no expectations other than just to improve um so whatever that means but uh we know that 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 obviously there's going to there comes more expectations this season for the denver nuggets right they made it to the playoffs they won a playoff series they almost got to the western conference finals within a game of doing that um they largely have brought back the exact same team with adding uh uh oh my gosh it's jeremy grant um yeah please get that right yeah <laughs> but um yeah and so they, they're they they're you know they're a team that's going to have uh aspirations they should in my opinion at least have, have nba finals aspirations i mean uh gordon what do you think is that is that in your eyes the um what the these team this team should have their sights set on is is it basically like this team should make the finals uh or otherwise you consider this kind of a uh at least not a, a very successful season
0: well, I mean, the team should be the goal should always be to be better than last year. That's always right. been Malone's stated goal is to be better than the year before. So, better than the year before means making the Western Conference Finals. So, yeah, you better make the Western Conference Finals minimum.
1: Yeah, and I kind of I tend to agree. That's I mean you you should be a one of the top teams in the uh, in the Western Conference. We obviously know what happened with Los Angeles. We obviously know what happened with. Um, uh, Gosh, both Houston. Los Angeles teams, yeah, yeah. Both Los Angeles teams. I was saying, Houston, of course, with Russell Westbrook and all that. And there's, there's going to still be, uh, you know, some, some kind of figuring it out with these teams, right? I mean, they're all kind of putting together these brand new. Uh, rosters in a lot of ways and the Nuggets are the ones with the continuity so that might while that might mean they are going to have a harder time winning in the playoffs when when everybody's kind of at their peak um, they should still be a pretty high seed I think to expect them they should should, the expectation should certainly be uh, for them to host in the first round if not uh, first and second round so be in a top two seed uh, and they should definitely compete for the one seed but what what's going to be interesting to me to see is does this team is this team able to get as far in the playoffs as they were last year because they kind of set things up let's be honest uh to to work to the to their advantage and, and avoid a team like houston uh in in the second round of course they still didn't get out of there playing against portland um Now they might not have it so easy. Now you might get a a Los Angeles Lakers team in the first round, a Golden State Warriors team, uh, in the first round. Dan, if, if they, let's say they rattle off like, you know, high fifties in the wins and, and are a top seed, like a three, two or three seed, but happen to just run into, uh, the Lakers, let's say, and the Lakers, of course, just, uh, go go superstar on them and, and win the series. Does that does that still make it a a failure in your eyes? Like, does it, is it totally all based on their performance in the playoffs, or is there a way you could see them maybe not getting any further in the playoffs and still considering the season a success?
3: Um, well, I I just want to start by saying I reject the premise of your question. I can't lose to the Lakers in the playoffs if the Lakers don't make the playoffs. Um, but fair enough. Um, I I I think that the Nuggets are talented enough to win the first round matchup, regardless of what team they're facing. Um, I ex- yep. I expect the Nuggets to be a top three team in the Western Conference. I don't think people really understand how good Jer- um, whew, Jeremy Grant is. <laughs> you're in my head, Zach. Um, I
1: know. I, it's like I know it. I know it. I absolutely but, have it down. But when it, when you're on the on the spot, suddenly your mind just goes blank.
3: I don't. I don't think people realize how good Jeremy Grant is, and how good of a fit he's going to be with the Nuggets. Uh, it, there's going to be some time where he's learning how to fit and everything, but he is a very good player, and he is going to be great in the Nuggets system. Uh, he, I think he he's good enough to keep the Nuggets, you know, on the same pace that they were on last year. Um, it, I think that they're going to be more efficient on both sides of the ball um, with him and. Uh, kind of picking up some of the slack from Paul Miller's getting a little bit older.
2: Right. Um,
3: I think having Barton fully healthy and expecting a huge year from Jamal Murray. Um, I think the Nuggets, I think they were expecting to make the first round of the playoffs last year. I I, I don't think they expected to win. I think they, right. they were hoping for that, but I don't think they expected it. I think this year they should expect to make it to the second round and hope for a, you know, a series win. Yep. Um, so that's not saying the expectations are the conference finals. They, they kind of skipped a step last year. Um, but so I, I think they would, I think that they're going to have, I think there's going to be some conversation in like December and January of being like, are the Nuggets going to make the finals? Because they're rolling over teams. Right. Um, but I, I think that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I think getting to the conference finals um, and, and getting that experience to be like, hey, we just bumped someone in the first round. We took care of business in the second round. Now, I mean, it was a struggle, but we we struggled last year in two seven game series. We know what it's like to go play seven full series, seven game series, and, and compete and win, right. and then compete and lose. Right. And we're now we're gonna take care of business in round one. Maybe struggle a little bit in round two. Maybe go seven and win. but we're gonna go to the conference finals, and we expect to be competitive, whether that's a, a five, you know six games or seven games and losing, but. You know, I think they they would be very happy with how they've done this season. If they finish in the conference finals, if they lose, but they're like, hey, you know what, margin of victory for the entire series was 15 points. You know, we got right. one out one game, but everything else was really close. That's a lot of growth for this team. And you know, then they can say, okay, we're going to bring back these these players, and these are the key players for our championship run. And we're going to try to go all out for a championship. Right. And
1: here's the, here's the addition that we got to make. Yeah, I am. Um... I uh, I agree definitely on that on that front. If, if obviously if they make the conference finals, you have to look at it um, as a success, and I think that is kind of like the baseline uh, of the expectations. I think right now though, I would say the the championship window for the Nuggets is open um, at this point. Whether or not they can do it, how how wide open is that window? Is, is it just barely cracked? That's probably the case. But I do think uh, with with the parity that we're seeing in the NBA now. Um, and with the Nuggets and the continuity they had, and the overall talent of this roster, and like we said, Jeremy Grant, the addition that he uh, he is, and what he'll bring to this team long term, I think the Nuggets championship window starts to open uh, today or, or this year, and then um, could could potentially get even even more open as as we go on in the years to come. But certainly now, I think is their time, and, and they should certainly come with that expectation uh, that they're going to make the finals. Um. I'll tell you what. Let's go do this. Let's go ahead. We'll hit a break, uh, and then when we come back, let's let's start breaking down some of the players um, we, we expect to hear from today at media day, and then we'll wrap it up with some over unders uh, right before we get out of here. So, we'll to break, be right back. <laughs>
2: Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. Zach Migosh and Gordon Gross, we've brought Mr. Daniel Lewis along with us today because it is media day and the official start of the 2019-2020 Denver Nuggets season. Spent that first half talking about more of some general team topics. Now I kind of want to get into some individual guys. Let's start with the guy who I think is going to be the star of today or at least the one that everybody, uh, everybody wants, wants to talk to the most, which is funny because he has not played a single game in the NBA, but that is Michael Porter Jr. Dan, I mean, what what, what is the... Uh, what are, you, what are you looking for out of Michael Porter Jr. today and media day? What kind of answers are you looking for? Is, is it all health-related, uh, or is there some other questions you're hoping people are going to be asking?
3: Um, I mean, it really goes on to health. He he missed some really because of an injury. I, I just want to know what exactly the coaches were telling him to work on over the offseason. Not what he decided to work on, but what the coaches were trying to emphasize him working on. Um, because I to be honest, I I expect him to be able to play this season and be part of the rotation. I don't expect him to be a starter, and I, I think with his offensive skills, he's going to be really good. But he's going to stink at defense. Uh, he has not played competitive basketball in a long time. Right. But if he, if he can do something like as simple as be efficient rebounding the basketball, um, at six eleven, he he should be able to do that. He's Fairly bouncy, and he's fairly tall. Um, if he can just be like, hey, you know what, I'm going to play within the system defense. I'm not, not really expecting to be a defensive block down guy, but I will rebound the basketball, and I'll be a good shooter. And you know, those are the things that coaches have asked me to work on. But I think if if he says something like along those lines, I'll be very happy.
1: That's a that's a really a good a good point, and I think you bring up a good point about the defense because that is you know uh, people always talk about the the adjustment uh, to the speed of the game, and that really shows up uh, on defense uh, particularly. And and with with Michael Porter Jr., I mean, he didn't even really play in college, so he he's kind of the last time he was playing at full speed for him was like you know uh, high school all star games. So there's gonna be um, a big adjustment on that on that end, and and, and I think. what what i'm looking for from him just not only just the health um aspect but but kind of is is him yeah talking about how is he gonna fit in with this team what is his what is his role what does he see his role as like and the problem is you won't really get the good answers right because if you ask if you were to ask michael porter jr uh what his what he thinks his role should be with this nuggets team he's gonna i guarantee it's gonna be something about you know whatever coach wants him to do so on and so forth so um we're not going to get that, but that I guess is somehow trying to glean that how the Nuggets plan on using him um, because he's a unique talent. But how that unique talent fits with the rest of the team uh, is, is a big question in my eyes. Um, and, and really, the one wrench that you can throw in the, the continuity of this team is here. You've got this this potential massive talent um, that's very unique, but you've already got this well well oiled machine. You know how do you how do you insert him into that gordon what are you what are your thoughts on michael porter jr and and what you're hoping to to learn from about him today
0: well i don't i don't think you're gonna learn much from him on media day other than what he practiced all summer saying like i mean he's always gonna be like this is a great team i'm just trying to fit in i think i can help a little bit i'll do whatever the coaches ask me i'm really looking forward to it like that's what it's gonna be man uh I, I'm dying. I'm dying to see him on a court. Like, I cannot lie to you. I, I, I am dying to see him in preseason. I will be jumping off the couch when he gets into a game. His first shot, his first rebound, (laughs) his his first
1: first, make. "Ah!" It's
0: going to be like watching my kid walk or something. I'll be like, ah, look at that shit. Send it to everybody. Like, you know, I'll be retweeting every, you know, alternate angle of every shot. Like. Because the Nuggets fans have been waiting for this guy, man. Like, Michael Porter Jr. is an immense talent. Now, can he stay on the court for more than five minutes without falling over Broken? No one knows. Um, How injured was he at Summer League? Nobody knows. The answer we got was, not very, but we're not going to risk it, which makes perfect sense, but it's still very frustrating. Right, right. Um, So, uh, Michael Porter Jr., I'm with Dan. I don't expect him to start this year. Um, I expect him to be off the bench. He's a gigantic three. Like right. bigger than Danilo Gar Gallinari, like gigantic three. Um I'm curious to see what the actual measurements are this year when they measure everybody.
1: I think they have they're legally required to announce their actual height. I yeah, they, they have they- their
0: actual height on it. I'm gonna be fascinated to see that.
1: I'm pretty sure they released it, and I'm pretty sure he came out of six foot ten.
0: Yes, but again, they have to release it for everybody. Like
1: well, no, they you did. Know, because they released their they released their training camp roster, and it had heights, uh, heights and weights on there. Hi. Right. Okay. And it was yeah, he was six ten. And that's six ten without shoes. Yeah, and but see, but that's the thing too. They release it, and they still have Nicole at seven foot. And I'm like, mm. the
0: yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll
0: we'll see about that. But my thing is, again, he's huge. Um, I agree with Dan about defense, but at the same point, if he's defending threes like Will Barton versus Michael Porter Jr. Um, he's got five inches on on Will, right? Like you know, uh, how much wingspan? Like now his arms aren't that wide. He's not. He's not like Jared Vanderbilt.
1: I, but he still got like a six wings- ten wingspan though to go with that six ten height. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like he's it's not nice and <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So he's he's got arms. He's he's got length. He'll he'll be playing back off of guys, you know. But he's got the length to do that. Defending the positions he's going to be defending. So I'm curious to see if they can find a way to limit his um, liabilities there, honestly. But that's all That's all in game. In media day, I expect him to say all the right things um, right. and, you know, uh, be here for the team. And that's great until his playing time gets squeezed because so, his team is really deep. So we'll see how that goes.
1: So let's go from a guy who's, who's well-primed uh, for media day because – uh, you know his his uh, brand, if you will, is, is is a very important aspect of him. Um, to a guy who who probably couldn't, there's nothing he wants to do uh, less. And we just we just as we just saw in a, in an in interview, um, then there's probably nothing he wants to do less than do media day. That is Nikola Jokic, Dan. With with Jokic, I mean, he's coming off his best season yet. Obviously, he was an MVP candidate. I mean, is there anything left to learn about him? Because he kind of like last year, he got the you know the uh, the big contract and then he immediately lived up to it so like i, I struggle with like what media day what, what we even want to know uh, about nicole other than like uh you know how's Dreamcatcher.
3: <laughs> well i think i think it'll be interesting to see just how he interacts with the media um because we we've seen that he's able to get along well with his teammates but i think it was kind of a stressful summer for him yeah um, being on the Serbian national team there was I think some some strife there that i'm I am not adequately prepared to talk about but he just didn't seem like he had a very fun summer right. you know, at least playing basketball and they had huge yeah, expectations
1: seemed, and that they didn't live up to bigger expectations I, I than they've he, ever had
3: he, yeah he just seems he just seems testy so I, I hope he doesn't like carry that over into the summer you know I, instead of testy nicole pitch, I hope we get we get fun. Happy shirtless Nicole. Iovitch, right. Who loves his teammates, loves playing basketball and loves that this is going to be the most media that he sees all season until the playoffs.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, or the all-star game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. that That's kind of always the gamble with Nicole. Every time you're, you're doing an interview with him, you're like, "What? which Nicole are we going to get? Are we going to get the one who's uh, in a good mood and happy and like, doesn't hate us. Uh, or are we going to get the guy who uh, basically can't stand talking to us and just wants us to go away. Um, I, I think you know he's usually in a pretty good mood uh, at media day. He does get annoyed though because he'll be he'll be like twenty minutes uh, twenty minutes long uh, on on his press conference, and that certainly uh, that certainly annoys him. And Gordon, is there anything you're looking for out of out of Jokic today at media day? I mean, or is it just like uh, business as usual?
0: Well, I mean, for him, I expect it to be business as usual. He knows the expectations. <clears throat> I mean, he set them so. Um, he knows the team is centered around him, literally.
3: Right, like Ooh, it. Nice planned words there. Guys. I know, right? <laughs> this
0: is that's why they pay me A the big bucks.
1: Podcasting. That's right.
0: But no, this is this is one of those things that this is. I hope to see him embracing the challenge of being the face of the franchise. That yeah. yes, Jamal Murray is um has also been paid and is also going to be you know one of the faces of the franchise but everybody knows that the team revolves around Jokic like including Jokic so if he doesn't like talking to the media and he wants to let Jamal do that that's fine Jamal doesn't like talking to the media either so that'll be funny but um uh really that's why I need Michael Porter Jr. to be great because he loves talking to the media so you know if he can do that and Murray and uh, Jokic don't have to that's perfect
1: that's perfect. Well, let's uh, speak kind of going off the whole Michael Porter Jr. thing. Let me ask you this, Gordon. What about Bull Bull? This is a guy who who's kind of like this, this – Uh, enigma, but is yet at the same time way like Michael Porter Jr. in that, like he's got a ton of of hype around him um, for a guy who's, who's never played uh, a game in the NBA. Is is there any, I mean, again, with him, is it the same thing? Are we just trying to figure out, okay, Hey, are you healthy? I mean, we saw videos of him playing spike ball. So I would assume he's fairly healthy and he's full, you know, a full participant in practice um, or will be. So like, with him, is it, uh, I guess, are, would, I, I think the thing I'm trying to figure out is, like, what are we going to do with this guy? Like, Send him to somebody's G League squad, man. Yeah, He's I on a two-way. I, so I guess, I mean, that'll be the question to ask, right, is what, what G League team is he going to?
0: Well, and they won't know that yet, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, for him, it's his expectations for himself are to rework his body, to keep muscle on over the course of the season, uh, to stay healthy and be ready. Like, that's, that's what I expect to hear from him. Um, he has a huge following, um, oh, yeah. and I deservedly so. I think he's a fascinating prospect. There are some people who are very down on him for his health, um, and his um, his at his size, it's hard to do things like move laterally correctly. Right. But it's it's hard not to love a guy who can block shots and hit threes. Right. Like
1: And his I don't. I don't know about you, two. but
0: yeah, I, I you gotta love a guy who's like, hi, I'm a paint deterrent, also. Um, I can rebound. Also, I can shoot the ball like crazy. That's terrific. Like, I don't, uh, you can find a role for that. Um, That's, I don't know, but pe- people have been telling me that Porzingis is that guy forever. So,
3: yes, yes. you know, if, if you're going to hype
0: Porzingis as being better than Jokic, then, uh, the idea that you're down on, on ball, ball to a huge degree is always funny to me.
1: Um, Dan, do you agree with that? It sounds like you, you, you agree with the sentiment that, uh, uh Bull, Bull is 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 a guy uh, who who teams should should be more aware of than maybe they are.
3: Um, I mean, I, one of my hot takes is that Bull Bowl's like two years away from being Kristaps Porzingis F- or what, or he's you know like he's actually what people thought Mo Bamba was going to be right right. Um, but uh, you know Mo Bamba rap song shoutouts like kind of a trendy guy, popular pick, fifth overall pick. Bobo, you know, get his friends with rappers, very popular online, has a huge social presence, you know, 41st pick. Right. Don't quote me on that, but you know, I I think Bobo, I I don't want to see him get too heavy. I just want to see him continue to, to develop and grow into being a man. I, I don't think he's finished growing yet. Right. But um, then just, just work on being like, okay, how am I going to take the frame that I've got now? One of the things that 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 frame helps him do is be quick and nimble yep. and fast around the court and be like, okay, how am I gonna use my frame? Uh and play against NBA players, you know, and he can he can learn that in the G League. He can learn that against Mason Pumley, who is a, a strong, solid, right taller. He can learn that center. against the Jokic. I think be valuable. Yeah, he can learn that against Jinju Jokic, who's slow but very quick He knows how to position himself. Beefy. He's like, Hey, you know what? I I can compete against these guys. And then go down to the G League and be like, hey, I'm healthy. You know, I'm learning how to play with the body that I've got. I can work on my core strength and work on my shooting and, you know, just different things, but uh, become better as a professional. But I don't I, – I think if he really does reach his – his ceiling is basically being Christophe is
1: Yeah. Maybe not quite as athletic, but uh, – um... That's similar kind of that similar kind of. I, I
3: don't think I don't think he'll ever be as good of a ball handler. Right. Which is why I think he's more like Mo Bama, but with an actual jump shot. But I, I think he could be a really good player. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I think uh, I think it, with with Bow there's uh, like we, we said, there's the, the question of health, uh, and maybe a question of approach. But the Nuggets um, have so many of these guys, though, man. Like so many guys who could be
0: tremendous players. Like Jared Vanderbilt, you see his workout, and you're like, man. He's working off the dribble with a jump shot. He didn't have that a year ago. Right.
3: He's so good. Like,
0: you know, and he's got a motor that won't quit, and he's got crazy reach, and he's a dunker, and he can pass the ball. Like, are you kidding me? This whole team is built around guys who you're like, wow, that guy's better than I thought. Like, that's this whole squad. This whole squad is, there are literally three guys sitting around on this squad who, if they hit their their best could be the third best player on this team.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's um that
3: like the Nuggets the Nuggets could very easily run out a lineup in 3 years. The Bull at center, Jared Vanderbilt at forward, and Michael Porter Jr. at small forward, and it would look very like similar it would be almost like the same kind of dominant physical presence that the Lakers had with Bynum, Asall, and, and Lamar
0: Odom.
1: Yeah. yeah, no doubt. That um And that's their B squad. Right, right, yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's that's the 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 crazy part about it. Okay, we're gonna move on. I want to do because I want to get to the over unders part, and we're starting to run up against time here. So um, that would never happen on our podcast. That's right. What? That's right. Um, we're always we're always efficient. No, so let's 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 do it. Um, we'll we'll just jump right into these over unders. Uh, I've got four of you, them for you guys. Uh, the first one is kind of for uh, for those loyal, the diehard Nuggets fans out there who who really pay attention to the post game um, press conferences and pre-game press conferences with Coach Malone. He's very fond of the phrase "to your point" um, in in responding to a media member's question. So I have set the over under on two and a half. To your points from coach Malone during his press conference today dan'll i go to you first are you taking the over or the under oh over, over. yeah <laughs> they both over. I actually I see I think I, I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be the under I think coach will only get two uh to your points out well you guys could be actually totally right he might get two against uh which is on one question so uh yep that was I uh, maybe I set that one a little low uh, that's all right
0: we'll find out we'll, if we'll, we'll count them down don't worry
1: We'll count them down. That's right. Gordon. Gordon will be watching. He'll have his, like one of those little clickers uh, in his hand, counting them up. Um, or I guess you only have to count to three, so pretty pretty easy.
0: Hopefully, I can make it that far. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Um, okay, next one. Uh, Paul Millsap. I, I got to throw you guys a curve because um, Paul Millsap, I think, is kind of a tough one because you don't know. A lot of people might ask him some questions, but at the same time, he's kind of a uh, not a very you know outspoken guy. So six and a half minutes on Paul Millsap's um, press conference today. Gordon, are you taking the over or the under? Under. The under on six and a half, really? I see. I think, man, six and a half is you You both taking the under on that? Yeah. I think. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna. Uh, this is the the advantage I have. I get to pick last, so I'm gonna take the over. Um, and say that it's gonna be it's gonna be at least seven minutes. Paul is short. Paul doesn't step.
0: necessarily say that much. Um, they know what's going on with Paul. They're gonna ask him about his health. They're gonna ask him about what happened last year. They're gonna ask him about his expectations for this year. That's gonna be about it. So unless you can keep him there with some question about his gym or his family, or
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna just so I can win this one. You're gonna, gonna, yeah, you're
0: you're gonna win this. You're gonna be out there like Paul. Tell me uh, about your vacation. (laughs) Yeah,
1: good weather today, Paul. Uh, What are your thoughts on climate change? What do you think about Al Horford with the Philadelphia <laughs> You guys were teammates. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. This is a. Uh, I'll make sure to win that one. Um, okay, next one. This is uh, this is a, a personal favorite since this happened to me last year. Um, out of all the answers that Jamal Murray gives today, uh, the fewest he'll have the fewest words he'll have in any answer will be one and a half. So basically, will one of Jamal Murray's answers to a question be one word, uh, or will he always at least elaborate to two? Or more words, Dan. will go to you first. I'm going to take the under. Dan is a, Dan is a banking on a, a short answer from Jamal. A a, uh, a yes or a no yes or a no. He, he definitely that would have been the correct bet um, last year. I think he gave me a yes uh, or a no. Well, maybe I think it, I think he said no. Well, you, we didn't talk about.
0: You said that. you said one and a half. So I'm going with uh, with no. I'm going to go over on that.
1: He's going to take the over. Gordon feels like he will at least have um, a two-word answer. I kind of with Gordon because I think he uh, there will be a short answer, but it will at least be like four or five words, right? Um, oh, yeah.
0: He's definitely cutting somebody off. He's cutting somebody off at this thing, but.
1: <laughs> but he won't be straight-up rude uh, with just the one-word like Dan. Dan's banking on. It's a tough one, man. I don't know. I don't know. I can see it. Um. All right. So then, then one more, uh, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, number of players who will not talk to the media today. I set it at zero point five. So basically, will anybody uh, skip out on speaking with the media at media day? We've seen it in the past. Uh, Kenneth Freed did it one year, I believe. Yusuf Nurkic uh, as well. Gordon, I'll go to you first. Anybody skipping on the uh, on the press conference today?
0: I'm gonna go with no. This is this is not a not a Fareed situation. Um, I don't expect anybody to not show.
1: Right, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, uh, there's no, like, malcontents, I guess. Dan, what do you think? Is there anybody who's not going to speak today?
3: Um, I'm going to go with one, but I don't think it's going to be because of the malcontent thing. I just think they're just going to forget, and unfortunately, the person they're forgetting to get, I'm not even going to predict who it is, Wancho man. <laughs> I think they're, they're going to be all happy and be like, oh man, Juancho, we forgot about <laughs> him. Uh,
1: Just like we forgot about him in the rotation. Oh no! He had he had a core injury, Dan. That's come on. You gotta maybe maybe that'll be it. Maybe he'll still be suffering from the core injury or something. He won't be able to come. Or is it Mono? Right. Maybe whatever. No, that's an interesting choice because I was I thought for sure you're gonna be like say like Tyler Cook, um, PJ Dozier uh someone like that, but instead you you go with Wancho. Very uh very interesting. I uh, you know, I, I think it's gonna be zero. Because the guys you think, okay, who could be like kind of like uh a little bit malcontent? Well maybe Will Barton, uh if if they've told him something like maybe he's not gonna he has to compete for the starting job or something like that. Or uh you know, or maybe they're already saying that Tory Craig is gonna start the year as, as a starter like he ended it last year. You know, something like that I could see, but Will's still a guy who's definitely gonna talk uh in the media, right? Like he always Will always talks. That's one of the things I appreciate him about him the most. Um, So it's hard to imagine him
3: having to compete for a starting job after he does sign a four year contract. (sighs) Well, yikes.
1: It's a rough one. Uh, It's rough. (laughs) He's going to be competing against guys with a rookie contract or uh, a Tory Craig. Well, Tory Craig's basically on a rookie contract as well. So, um, like you said, yikes. Good times. Good times for for that, but that, that that's in a well, that's a discussion for another day, I guess, because we are basically um, out of time. So we will we will close it out with that. Make sure you guys are following us all on Twitter. I am at. Zach Mikosh. Dan is at Minuteman Dan, uh, Gordon is at GMoneyNugs. Also follow us at Denver Stiffs on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs so over on YouTube. If you guys want to get all the videos from today's media day press conferences, uh, that'll be one place you can find them. So make sure you're subscribed there. Also make sure you're checking out DenverStiffs.com itself today uh, as we will have those posted uh for you guys pretty much right after uh all those press conferences happening if you're checking out our twitter feeds though uh, i also want to throw out um i will be there uh mr ryan blackburn of course the uh site manager is going to be there as well he's at nba blackburn um jenna garcia is there she's at uh viva Vida diva if you could whew. That's a tough one. Um, and then also, of course, Brandon Ewing uh, is with us as well. He is going to be on media day. Um, so make sure you're following him. He is at B underscore skip 1717. So follow all those accounts. Uh, that's where you'll be getting. If you want to see these press conferences live, that's going to be the spot uh, to follow. And then also just be make sure you are checking out the Denver Stiffs feed because they'll, of course, be retweeting all of us. Uh, so you can see the whole stream of everyone's press conferences there as well as find it on Denverstiffs.com yikes that's a lot uh media days a lot of a lot of work on the promo side uh, of things and finally um make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast it is the denver stiffs podcast network we have all kinds of different shows going today we'll have one later today the denver stiff show myself jenna garcia uh, brandon ewing and of course uh, ryan blackburn from media day wrapping up everything that we hear, uh, and our reactions. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You guys will get all that stuff. And, and from here on out, I mean, the season is here. So we are, uh, we are at full, full speed now. So there'll be podcasts basically Monday through Friday. Um, and maybe even sometimes on the weekend for you guys as well. So make sure you are subscribed, checking it out, leaving us a rating. We would appreciate it. Whew. All right. Dan, Gordon, appreciate you guys as always. No man, it's good. And uh, let's start this season.
0: Let's hit the preseason. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get her done. All right, everybody. We will talk to you
1: next week.